Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Hello again, listeners, and welcome back to Midweek in the Word. We're so glad you're along for the ride and that you're joining us here on the podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed our Bearing Witness series over the course of this year as we've been moving through the different books of the Old Testament. Before moving into our next book, you probably know it's Ezra, um, I want to take a moment and we're going to pause again from our series and, and do something new that we've never done before on the podcast. Um, the reason is I was, I was thinking through some of the special episodes we've done over the course of the podcast, and one of the more influential factors in my own personal spiritual development, in addition to personal spiritual disciplines, scripture reading, prayer, engagement with the church, things like that, has been the reading of really good biblically based books by profound authors, whether it be authors from generations ago or more recent authors. And so this week, as we step away from our current series, I I wanted to start something new on the podcast. I wanted to start this episode um, by stepping away and uh, reviewing a good Christian book or two as we move through in the podcast. We'll be seeking to evaluate each book against what Scripture teaches and highlight a little bit of the value it might offer to you as listeners. So we encourage you to take a listen uh, and to provide discernment this week uh, on the podcast for this first book and to help me launch into this endeavor. I have another new voice on the podcast, though odds are he's not going to be a new voice to you as a listener. Today I am joined by Gordon Opp, one of FBC's adult teachers, and someone that a number of our listeners have probably heard teach in some capacity before, either on our pulpit or an adult class of some sort. Welcome to the podcast, Gordon. Thanks. Appreciate it. We're glad you took the time. And listeners, I think you're going to enjoy getting the chance to hear from Gordon here a little bit today. But before we actually move into the topic we're going to cover on the podcast today, I want to just mention that this last week we were celebrating Easter. Hopefully you made it to either our Good Friday or our Easter services on Sunday. If you missed Tom's message, let me just remind you, you can always find those old messages. Go to faithbiblelincoln.org. If you hit that sermons icon on the homepage, you can find any of those sermons you may have missed. Or you can follow our Sermons Feed podcast. Just search for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, wherever you get your podcast. It's the one with the black background and the white letters. You can catch up on any sermons you may have missed. Now, Gordon, I'm, I'm really excited for today's discussion because I'm talking about a book, or we'll be talking about a book that uh, recently you taught uh, here on Sunday mornings here at the church, and, and one that we just finished reading through as a staff at the church as well. Uh, so it's extremely timely that we're <laughs> covering this book in this season. Um, but before we get into the actual content of the book, I want to I give our listeners a chance to get to know you first as well, um, so they get a sense for kind of where you're speaking from, what your perspective is, things like that. Um, typically, listeners, you know I ask three questions of any new guest on the podcast. Uh, the first question being, what is your one-minute testimony, Gordon? Well, I grew up here in Lincoln, and I grew up in a family that took us to church all the time, hmm. but I didn't really understand or go to a Bible-believing church until I was about 12. Hmm. But when I was about five years old, we were going to a liberal church, And I actually think they ordered the wrong Sunday school material because they clearly presented the gospel (laughs) in Sunday school that morning. What a fortunate accident. (laughs) And I responded. And I went home and told my mom, who was not a Christian at the time, uh, that I just accepted Jesus as my Savior. And it made a real impact on her, even though she wasn't a believer. And so from that time on, uh, I really had an awareness of the Holy Spirit living inside of me and talked with our Lord constantly. Wow, what a what a fascinating dialogue! I, I'm curious what your conversations looked like with your family from that point on, going forward, as you tried to articulate what you had accepted that maybe they hadn't heard yet. 
Well, you know, as a five-year-old, you're not, you don't know how to evangelize your own family. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And my father had become a Christian when he was a kid also, but he really never shared that with my mom mm. and was, you know, content to, to go to a, a church that wasn't particularly Bible-believing. But then, then when I was 12, we started going to a, a Bible-believing church here in Lincoln, and I really then understood what was going mm. on, and my mom got saved. And, wow. and uh, so that's, that's kind of my... <laughs> I had a difficult childhood as well and young adulthood, uh, but God's been faithful, and I've been blessed. Wow. Wow. Cool deal. Again, I, I, I can't get over that. <laughs> Accidentally <laughs> ordered the wrong curriculum, and someone comes to pay that. It's a good example of, you know, uh, where, where Paul writes, right? Like it... They may not be preaching the gospel for the right reasons, but at least they're preaching Jesus, right? Right. <laughs> right? right. What a what a cool thing. And that also God within did there. Un- churches that aren't real sound, there are some believers. Yeah. And so maybe that Sunday school teacher was a real believer. What know? a neat deal! Yeah. What a neat deal! Okay, so then you obviously said you you started at this church, you you moved to a Bible believing church at the age of twelve. How did you end up at Faith Bible Church? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to ask I'm not going to ask you to share your age with the with the listeners, but Faith Bible Church wasn't around at that point. <laughs> no, uh, so wasn't. how did you end up at Faith? Bible Church. Well, in 2004, we were we decided we needed to change churches, and I wanted a church that was based on the Bible, that the Bible mm. was its final authority. And I do like the fact that we are faith Bible church, that, yeah. that means yeah. something. And so that was really important to me, and we, we came and, and were here for a few weeks, and that was in 2004, and we're still here. Very good, very good. And what all have you been involved with in your time here at Faith? Well, basically, uh, I started out uh, co-leading a small group, okay. and I've done that consistently almost the whole time wow. we've been here. And then I've uh, you've asked me to teach Sunday school class. <laughs> and been that. Uh. And so I've done that uh, a good little bit. And then I was very honored that Tom asked me to fill the pulpit a few mm-hmm. times, and, and so I've done that. Very good. Very good. Finally, what, what is a personal favorite verse of yours and why? Oh, when I saw that, you're going to ask me that, you know, I thought, well, which one? I mean, there, there's quite a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the Psalms, and one of them, Psalm 90, verse 4, comes to my mind. It says, he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. And I think of a little eagle chick in a nest precariously perched on a cliff, and I mean, you're totally helpless. Yeah. And here comes this big eagle with a talons and big wings and everything, and you know, it's coming right at you and lands over you. Mm. And that's the way. That's one of the best pictures mm. I can have of our heavenly Father. If I did nothing else for the rest of my life but really study what it means to biblically fear God, mm. it'd be a worthy study. Amen. And so that little chick is terribly fearful of its parent, and yet totally safe and secure in everything that uh, that parent provides. And that's the way I, I see God. Mm. It's a great reminder for all of us. And, and in, in a lot of ways, it's a good shift into where we're going to be going in, in the podcast episode. I, um, because it speaks to one of those things that naturally in our own human state, we don't tend to view God <laughs> the way he actually is. We tend to view him through our lens of sin, through our fallen state, through maybe the way we would view other people and assume that God responds to us the way other people would respond to us. Um, 
But that's that's tipping my hat here a bit, listeners. <laughs> so let's let's shift gears here, Gordon. Let's let's move in, um, listeners. If if you haven't already guessed, because you may be familiar with the the class that Gordon's been teaching recently, but if you haven't, we're actually going to be reviewing Dane Ortland's book, Gentle and Lowly: The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. Um, and obviously, this is a fairly recent title. It came out in 2020. There's been a fair amount of attention related to this book yes. um, after it came out. I mean, it was a timely book coming out in 2020, um, things like that. But in case our listeners are unfamiliar with this book, let's start with the basics here, Gordon. What's, what's the overall premise of this book? Well, it's based on Matthew 11:28, where it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble or lowly mm. of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Uh, Dane was really impressed by the Puritan writers, mm. and one in particular, Thomas Goodwin, uh, who lived from 1600 to 1679 and wrote a similar book. Mm. And the Puritans had a habit of taking one verse or one principle or whatever and writing a 300-page <laughs> book on it. <laughs> they have a gift for that. It's yes. true. <laughs> And so this book is a little bit like that mm. in that he focuses on this one uh, verse. But the, the main emphasis of the book is to understand what the heart of God is or what the heart of Christ is. And the heart of someone is who they really are. You might say of a loved one or of a good friend, they have a great heart. Mm. You're talking about who they really are. Mm. So the purpose of this book is for the readers to try to understand what really is God's heart. What mm. is Christ's heart for you mm. and for me? And Christ himself, in one of those rare places in Scripture, says, well, my heart is gentle. Mm. I'm not brash. I'm not rough. Uh, I'm not going to be harsh with you. Mm. And I'm lowly or humble, which means I am totally accessible to the worst person, Mm. the best person to any person that will just come to me. Mm. Which really does, and in some ways, I, I saw the book as I was reading through it myself and, and went, in some ways, this is seeking to provide a, a counterbalance or a antidote to maybe our natural thinking of, of thinking of Christ as really aloof, as a part, you know what I mean? Holy, absolutely. He doesn't de-emphasize Christ's holiness, but that like God is somehow just putting up with us, you know, or keeping at us at arm length. Right, uh, for sure. And you mentioned a little bit ago that it kind of goes against how we're wired, yeah. how we, we interpret our relationships with God somewhat the way we interpret our relationships with other people. Mm. And that's just not the way it works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is so uh, different than we are. Mm. Okay, so that, that kind of leads to my next question then. If, if his point here is to try and provide an understanding of, of who God is, says he is, not who we tend to think of who he is. Who's, who's he speaking to? Because trying to consider the audience of the book, who is, who is Dane writing to, is helpful when it comes to discerning, is this helpful for us to read? How do we read this? Things like that. So who's the audience that Dane has in mind here? Well, I think almost anyone would benefit from yeah. reading it. If you'd have an unbeliever read it, they might just be kind of curious, what, what yeah. is this guy talking about? Yeah, yeah. But I would think that the main, main audience is, is us believers, yeah. uh, that we might know what Christ's heart is. Dane mentioned uh, in an interview that I listened to a while back that in his seminary uh, education, he never once had a class on the heart of Christ. 
Hmm. He had on the work of Christ, you know, uh, everything about Christ, but not hmm. on the heart of Christ. So, and that's one reason why he was motivated to write this is because he, he feels it's something that's been very lacking in in the way we've presented uh, hmm. what God is like. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's try and get a bit more critical here then as we move into the, the actual content of the book. Obvi- obviously, listeners, whenever we review something like this, any sort of extra biblical, whether it's somebody's teaching or whether it's a book or a resource or anything like that, we always seek to evaluate that extra biblical resource, which we know isn't inspired, against the inspiration of what is revealed in Scripture. So, so what biblical truth do you think the book most appropriately highlights that our listeners would benefit from, Gordon? Well, like you said, we think sometimes that God is kind of aloof, yeah. or that we and we are wired to try to work for His uh, blessing to to please Him, and He brings in a lot of scriptures like uh, God has to be provoked to anger, mm, mm. but He is from His heart He is merciful mm. and gracious. Uh, but you have to work at it like the Israelites did. <laughs> <laughs> and we all are guilty and, of doing, and, and, yeah. And like we do, too. To You know, he says that uh, I'm slow to anger. Yeah. Uh, and so he, he has all kinds of scripture in there describing uh, God's heart towards us. And, of course, we're just the opposite. We need to be provoked to love one <laughs> <Right>. another. <laughs> <laughs> quick, to, quick to anger. Yeah, I think that would be, yeah. And so I, I was impressed over and over in the book with just what you were talking about before, how we tend to analyze and define our relationship with God the way we do with other people. Mm-hmm. And it's just that's just not who he is. And one of the passages that he talks about, of course, I love the Old Testament, is in mm-hmm. Isaiah 55 and verse 9. It says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you think, okay, what does that verse mean? I go to Romans 8, 28, you know, all things work together yeah, for good. Yeah, yeah. And so if someone's going through a tragedy in their life, uh, then you might say, well, God says my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And for sure, that is a biblical principle, but that's not what Isaiah 55 mm-hmm. is talking about. Mm-hmm. The context is always important. Uh, and the correct translation for that would mean and his, his ways are higher than our ways as it pertains to forgiveness and to mercy. If you look mm. back to 55 verse 7, it says, And he will have compassion on him, for he will abundantly pardon. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I so appreciated in the book, Dane bringing some of these passages to life, where, okay, I understand that we are made a little bit like God, we're in his image, his ways are so far above ours. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to showing compassion and mercy and forgiveness, we just can't quite comprehend how he wants to abundantly pardon us. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the things, the themes that you're highlighting that, that stuck out really a tremendous amount from the book for me was that reality of, to, to us, human relationships all have a a critical mass moment, a, a point where that person has offended us and, and we're done with them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this is, this is how we respond. Somebody has hurt us badly enough that we cut them off or, or they've done something heinous enough that we cut them off. And that's that idea of Christ not being like us. One of the, one of the quotes that stuck out in one of the latter uh, chapters in the book, um, he says it this way. He says, we love until we are betrayed. 
Jesus continued to the cross despite betrayal. We love until we are forsaken. Jesus loved through forsakenness. We love up to a limit. Jesus loves to the end. <laughs> and that was one of the themes that, that you're highlighting that just stuck out to me. Like, because we put the way we respond in human relationships on God. And exactly. said, he must respond the way I would. Exactly. I love it in scripture that God presents himself as the perfect father. Yeah. Because not all of us had a great father image. Yeah. And none of us had the perfect father. And none of us had the perfect father image. And those of us that are parents, we understand what it means to love your kid no matter what they do. Yeah. You know, and there are a few parents that will cut their kids off, but the average parent will not. And, and God most certainly will not. He also gives some pretty good analogies uh, in his book that I appreciated. One of them was of a loving father who buys a fabulous gift for his seven-year-old son's birthday. And he presents this gift to the son, and the son is just overjoyed. Oh, it's just exactly what he wanted. And he, he just, oh, I love you, Dad. Thanks so much. And then he drops the gift and runs to his, his room and breaks out his piggy bank. And he gives, takes all the money and gives it to his dad. I'm going to help pay for this. Mm. Now, wouldn't that just break the dad's heart? Yeah. yeah. And yet that is the way we are wired to respond to God. Hmm. And so this book has helped me to try to rewire myself <laughs> yeah. and to re recognize how awesome God's mercy is. Yeah. Yeah. It just again and again and again struck me that way. Um, okay. So let's, let's flip Flip the side of the coin here just a bit as, as well. And since obviously no, no book, book is perfect, no extra biblical source right. perfectly articulates what Scripture is going to do any more than you or I would <laughs> in every, every environment as well. Uh, in your potential or, or in your opinion, are there any potential theological or moral issues that people need to be aware of as they read an extra biblical resource like this? The only thing that I could come up with uh, when you asked me that question, you know. And obviously you're a fan of the book, so I, I, <laughs> I recognize that as well. So I am a fan of the book, uh, and I'm a fan of Dane and, and his brother Gavin. I've really learned to appreciate yeah, yeah, fabulous as, resources. as well. Um, the thing is, is I went to Moody Bible Institute, and Dr. Culbertson one time from a, a chapel, he said, any overemphasis on a biblical truth can result in heresy. Mm. So mm -hmm. if you take and say, God is love, well, of course God is love. But if that's all you take yeah. and, and forget the other stuff, it's heresy. Yeah. Well, some people will criticize this book and say, well, he's really overemphasizing uh, God's heart as gentle and lowly and merciful and all that. And what about the wrath of God? Yeah. No. Well, if you read the book, he, he definitely... Uh, acknowledges all of that, uh, and I could not find uh, that there's an error in, in what he was saying. Hmm. Uh, I think a book needs to be written for the time and yeah. for what people need, and I think we are out of balance as evangelical Christians in that we are we're, we want to be right. We want to have sound doctrine, and we want to be right for right reasons even. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but sometimes we miss the personal... Uh, character of God uh, mm -hmm. because we're so committed to being right. Yeah. One of the things he said that, that really helped me was, I don't think I could be a Christian if I didn't believe that nothing could ever pluck me out of Christ's hand, mm -hmm. that my salvation rests on his character and his promises, not on mine. I'm not sure why he chose me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
but but he did. And so when I want to have sound doctrine regarding eternal security, that's good. But I don't want to be committed to my sound doctrine about eternal security. I want to be committed to Jesus Christ, the person, God in the flesh, mm-hmm. and have that relationship with him. And I'm committed to the person who secures me, not to the doctrine. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously the two... To bifurcate them is, is a problem, right. and to put them against each other, right, obviously Christ is truth. and yeah. yeah, he mentions that, I don't know if it's in the book or in one of his podcasts that I watched, that when you have the love of God and the wrath of God, sometimes we think they're two opposites, yeah. and they're not at all. Almost competing interests within Christ. Right. Yeah. They are two elevators next to each other going up together yeah. to the top of the building. And uh, so I, I think the criticism is a lack of understanding that we need this balance. Mm-hmm. Very good. And I, I think that's, that's a common thing whenever, whenever you write a book because it's, it's written to address a de-emphasis in particular, which is what you're saying he's writing for the purpose of. Whenever you do that, the danger is going to be because you're trying to correct it right. the fear of overemphasis in one particular area. And I think that's, that's common with timely books right. um, that people have that fear as well. Okay, so let's let's try and begin to start summarizing this all up here a little bit, Gordon. Um, last but not least, uh, ultimately, would you recommend this book to our listeners and why? I really would recommend this book for a couple reasons. One is I need that balance because I am wired to try to work for God all the yeah. time. Yep. When I sin, I'm, I'm wired to kind of like have to do penance for a few days until I think I've really been doing good. Yeah, okay, now yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with you again. Okay, so th- that's one reason. Another reason is you did mention that books are written in a particular time for a need, you know, yeah. and to balance yeah. something. But it's very encouraging to me that Thomas Goodwin, you know, hundreds of years ago wrote something similar. Mm. And that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so for me to hear... Uh, that someone hundreds of years ago struggled with the same things that I do is very encouraging, and this book gave me a, a taste of that as well. Mm. That's why I'm also a C.S. Lewis fan yeah. and yeah. read Mere Christianity at least once a year for that very same reason. So I definitely would recommend this book if you have some uh, concerns about it that maybe he's overemphasizing it. You need to know what the other side might say. Read it. Yeah. And it might change your perspective or whatever. Yeah. Uh, obviously, always reading with the, the lens of Scripture being our defining <laughs> attribute here. But uh, yeah, I, I, I did find it encouraging to my heart as I was reading through it. As I was just thinking through some of the, again, the natural assumptions that I'd never probably put appropriately against the truth of Scripture about the way I assume God must respond. Mm-hmm. Like, again and again, I was struck by just the default of my mind going, well, of course God will respond this way. Because that's how everybody that I know <laughs> responds, and it was just—it was such a good challenge to my unthought-through paradigm. Um, again, in, in that respect. Well, and then in any relationship, you know, you can't get any new old friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got yeah. some friends from a long time ago, yeah. uh, but as you age and you get to know them better, you go deeper in your relationship, yep. and that's the way it is with Christ as well. So wherever you are on your spiritual journey with our Lord, this would be a helpful way to get to know him a little bit better. Very good. Very good. Listeners, we would recommend 
this. Obviously, with any resource, we're not recommending everything in a book. It's not saying we agree with everything in any particular resource, but with a, with a discerning mind, with the lens of Scripture, I would encourage you to take a look at this book if you get the chance, if you're interested in this topic that Gordon is talking here about a little bit. Any, any final thoughts or things from the book, quotes, things like that that really stuck out to you that you'd like to leave our listeners with, Gordon? Yes, just, just one final thing. The, the verse that he's basing the book on is, come to me. Jesus puts out this call, come. You can come just as you are. Our part is to come, and I will show you that I am gentle and completely accessible to you. So at the very end, he made me, Dane made me laugh in the book because he says, okay, now how do you apply this? Well, there's two steps. (laughs) I remember remember these steps. Yes, I do. (laughs) Step one is go to Jesus. Step two Repeat step one. <laughs> Repeat step one. Pretty simple, isn't it? Very simple. <laughs> it's a good encouragement. But, but one that we tend to forget, like, especially when we're going through hard times, especially when we've sinned, we yes. tend to retreat rather than leaning in to the only one who understands, the only one who can address the issue in our own hearts. Right. Amen. Good deal. Well, listeners, I hope this has been an encouraging conversation to you. I I would encourage you to take a look at the book if you get the chance. Um, it was an encouragement to both of our hearts. Um, and... Uh, Hopefully it will be to yours as well if you pick it up. Now, let me just highlight one thing here real quickly before we wrap up the podcast for this week's episode. Um, this coming Sunday, I just want to mention that Tom will be encouraging the church from with some final words from the book of Ephesians here on Sunday. If you don't already have it on your calendars, we'll be meeting at both the 9 and 1030 services here at FBC here at the church. We'd love to see you there. Also, 6.30 that night, there's the open house that will be taking place here as well uh, in appreciation for Tom and Linda and their time and service here. We'd love to see you at both of those events this weekend. Um, and thanks for taking the time to tune in to this week's episode. We hope it's been helpful to you. If it has, we'll, we would encourage you to rate it, share it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week as we resume our Bearing Witness series with Ezra on Midweek in the Word. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.